Well, everyone, welcome to week 14 of Wagers. Ragers, always coming to you from the great state of New Jersey, are your two co-hosts, myself, Joshua Thomas Buckner, sometimes known as JT, JT, otherwise known as the savant of college football, and of course, my co-host, bringing to you the Philadelphia feelings, the Philadelphia action, the Philadelphia perception, the Philadelphia side of the NFL, John the Hedgehog Donath, the Hedgehog. a lifelong Bleed the Green Philadelphia Eagles fan. We are here broadcasting to you from the great state of New Jersey on this wonderful, nice, slightly chilly, but dry night from the great state of New Jersey. And we are coming to you and giving you our analysis of the NFL games. But of course, in the last and final phase, and maybe sometimes the most important phase, our tracks of the week. So we are here again, Wagers Ragers. Week 14, the season is on the precipice of being over, but because of the 17th game, we have week 14, 15, 16, 17, yes, and week 18. So most teams have about four or five games left. There's some teams on a bye this week, but we are going to get right into week 14 this week with a very, very, very brief um, recap of last week. I am a Jet fan. John is an Eagles fan. Uh, and we always give you each week our analysis of our of our favorite teams. I give you the Jet game. John gives you the Eagle game, and then we pick other games, and we give you our analysis from a betting perspective of where you should go in those those games. I give you a a couple of college football nuggets, and then we do our tracks of the week. So real quick, I'm going to just recap it in like literally 30 seconds. Last week, I had Jets um, against Minnesota in Minnesota. I really, really felt so good about this Jet game with Mike White. White sanity, white, white sanity again for the second game in a row, starting in place of Zach Wilson. Had a phenomenal game, another plus 300 yard game. Um, he threw two interceptions. First one again was a deflection, uh, like he did the week before. So I don't really blame it on him. And the last interception was just desperation at the end of the game. My feelings on this game Jets should have won this game. Mike White threw for over 360 yards. Jets lost. They had chances at the end of the game. They had um, third and goal, fourth and goal from the one. They had first and goal, second and goal from the five or six. They had chances to score a touchdown, take the lead, stop Minnesota with their great defense, which has been outstanding every year, and they couldn't do it. And I thought the play calling by the Jets was terrible. And so they ended up losing the game. And now they find themselves, uh, you know, in the middle of the pack of the AFC East, but still in the playoff hunt. And I think at the playoffs ended today, Jets would be in the playoffs. So I can't chalk it up to a bad game by the team itself because I thought the defense played well. Some exceptions in the first half, gave up some points, probably shouldn't have. Maybe some um, better play calling in the first half offensively would have brought the game better in the first half. But I thought the Jets definitely outplayed uh, the Minnesota Vikings in the second half. And I really thought the Jets should have won that game. Can't blame it on Mike White. Can't blame it on the defense. Um, I think um, Barrios should have caught that that pass on fourth down in the end zone. Maybe a better pass from White. Maybe a better catch from Barrios. Whatever. Jets lost. Let's get over it. Second game, um, you know, I had, I think in the second game, I had the Dolphins, another team in the AFC East, who has been a great team this year with Tua, especially a quarterback, playing uh, against the 49ers, who have just been phenomenal over the last few weeks. But I thought it was going to be a really tight game. Miami was getting four points. I thought it was going to be close. Again, I lost on this game. I thought, take Miami, take the points. They actually got blown out by about 14 points against San Francisco. So not a great week 
Last week for me, point spread, but props, many of them hit, some of them didn't. But at the end of the day, when I like finalized it with taking some props from John's games from the Eagles and the late night games, I ended up actually breaking even for the end of the week. So take week 13, put it in the books. John, how'd you do week 13 before we get, do we dive right into week 14, which are huge games this week, huge games for both of our respective teams. John, take it away for week 13. Give it to me in brief and let's just dive into week 14 because this is going to be a phenomenal week in the NFL. Yeah, no problem there, man, because I want to hop into this week's games as quickly as possible. I'm super pumped up. Uh, First game that I had last week was Eagles-Titans. Eagles were favored by four and a half. I like the Eagles in that game at home against the Titans, uh, and it was not even that close. Eagles win 35 to 10, so they smashed and grabbed. No problem there. On my props, I like Jalen Hurts over on the rushing. That didn't quite hit, but I hit a couple of others mainly focused on A.J. Brown. I said take A.J. Brown over. Receiving yards, 76 and a half. That hit. I said take A.J. Brown uh, anytime touchdown. He scored two, three actually. One of them got taken away. Um, But uh, so hit on both of those. I did like Derrick Henry over on rushing. That didn't even come close. But I'll take the Eagles win and a couple of prop wins. Second game wasn't uh, even quite that good. I like the Chiefs at the Bengals. Chiefs only giving up two points on the road at Cincinnati. Chiefs had a, had a chance to win this game at the end, and it just didn't work out. Bengals actually end up winning the game outright, 27-24, so the game didn't cover. Props were not getting any better. I love Travis Kelsey to go over 79.5 receiving yards. Uh, that didn't happen. He had 56 receiving yards. I like Patrick Mahomes over on 24.5 rushing yards. That didn't quite hit, but I did get Joe Burrow over on 13 and a half rushing yards so that's a hit on this game and coming right back at you man I hit on a couple of props that you suggested including Garrett Wilson's receiving yards and uh Bam Knight's combo yards to salvage the weekend so I essentially broke even or close to it but I'll take the Eagles win and now let's get on to week 14. Yeah I mean week 14 we are heading into the home stretch Pete Carroll looked at this week and he was like hey I'm ready to go into like the fourth quarter of the season but guess what there's 17 games now so you're not actually in the fourth quarter because you can't divide up 17 by four so you're on the precipice of the fourth quarter but this is the time where you better like bow up get ready to play and win some games otherwise you are not making the playoffs so with that in mind let's hit right into week 14 and i'm going right into the gauntlet of the AFC East matchup of my New York Jets led by not only the infamous, the famous, you call them what you want because we're going to talk about Buffalo and the Jets in a second, Mike White and White Sanity taking control of Jet Nation, NFL football, AFC East, New York Jets, Mike White. But White Sanity. We have to look at this game. And right now the line, Jets are getting 10 points, double digits at Buffalo. Under over is 43. All right. So the Buffalo Bills have had to overcome many obstacles, especially to climb back to the top of the AFC East standings because they got knocked off from the top dog by the New York Jets the first time they played. Whether it's snow that caused them to move their game to Detroit, injuries, or being on the road, they have won three straight games away from Orchard Park, and now they stand at 9-3. and three. But it was the Jets, as I said before, who knocked them off. Uh, back five weeks ago out of first place with a 20-17 to win at home. And guess who was the quarterback then? Not Mike White. Not White Sanity. It was Zach Wilson who was the quarterback. And they won 20-17, to but they won it on the backbone of the Jet defense. So now it's Mike White. He's now the quarterback. Two over 300-yard passing games. I don't blame last weekend's loss on Mike White. I really think he played a great game. 
Second interception was, you know, throw it up for grabs, no time on the, on the clock. Play calling I thought was terrible. First interception was a deflection. Um, but the last time that the Jets played in Buffalo, guess who the quarterback was? Yeah, it was Mike White. And Mike White threw four interceptions against the Buffalo Bills up in Buffalo. They got slaughtered 45 to 17. Do I predict that the same thing is going to happen? No. I think a year later, Mike White has actually learned a lot from that Buffalo game, has learned a lot from the last two games, wants to keep this quarterback job, has played very well two games in a row. So I think it's going to be a really close game. The problem that I see for the Jets, and I hope that it gets balanced out by the defense of the Jets, is that last weekend their red zone offense was just horrendous. And again, I blame it on play calling. And I know, yeah, that's an easy out. That's an easy, you know, oh, blame it on the offensive coordinator. There's no reason why the Jets should not have won this game. They were one for six in red zone efficiency last week and against Minnesota. If they had just scored one touchdown against Minnesota out of that one for six and made it two for six, the Jets would have won that game. They should have beat Minnesota last week. And it's been a consistent theme for the last three games. They're two and nine in the red zone um, offense, touchdown scoring. This has to change this week against Buffalo. But on the flip side, when you look at Buffalo's offense, yeah, Buffalo looks like an unbeatable team. They went through a stretch of, of a couple losses. They've won some games, but their red zone offense is similar to the Jets. They are, are um, they have 14 touchdowns and seven field goals in 29 red zone appearances in their last seven games. That's not good enough to be a championship team. You need to score touchdowns, and that's what the Jets need to do, and that's what Buffalo needs to do. Ten points is way too many points in this game. And so, again, my if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I rarely, although sometimes, take double-digit favorites. There's no way in an AFC East showdown in this game that I am taking Buffalo, giving the uh, uh, you know giving the Jets ten points. No way. I'm taking the Jets in this game. I'm going to take the ten points. I think it's going to be a close game. Do I think the Jets are going to win? If I, you know, gun to my head, probably not. But the Jets have been playing close games almost week to week. And, you know, from the in the beginning of the season, they got blown out by, by by Baltimore. But it was Joe Flacco as quarterback. But the the real Jets, the Jets we have here with Mike White and even with Zach Wilson when they beat Buffalo, I think it's going to be a close game. Ten points is way too many points to give in a Buffalo Jet game. And I know it's up there, up in Buffalo. So I'm taking the Jets with the 10 points. I hope they pull it off. I'm not taking the money line for the Jets to win. Um, but give me the Jets. I'll take the 10 points. Two props, real quick. Man, I mean, what a crazy find for the Jets in the backfield. Donovan, or Zonovan, I should say. Not Donovan. Zonovan. Bam. Knight. Running back has just had phenomenal games week after week. His rushing total right now on DraftKings, 32 and a half, minus 115. Give me Zonovan Bam Knight over rushing 32 and a half and another jet pick. Maybe the offensive rookie of the year. Maybe if he continues on this path for the next five weeks, Garrett Wilson over 62 and a half receiving yards. Minus 115 on DraftKings. And I will tell you this right now. When you look at team defense for all of these teams and you look at yards per game for the Bills and the Jets, Jets right now, yards per game on defense, they are fourth. Buffalo's not too far behind in looks like they're about ninth passing yards per game. Jets are sixth. Buffalo is down in that uh, stat. That stat. 
basically middle of the pack. And that's why I like Garrett Wilson over 62 and a half y- uh, yards uh, pass uh, receiving because that's the weak link for Buffalo because Buffalo right now on rushing is uh, somewhere in the top. Looks like they're about eh, top, uh, top four and points per game. They're obviously up there top four again. So they're, their one weakness on defense is their passing game. So I like uh, Garrett Wilson, who's just been phenomenal for the Jets, over 62.5 receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. So to summarize, give me the Jets and the 10 points. Give me Bam Knight over 32.5 rushing yards. And give me Garrett Wilson over 62.5 receiving yards. Jets, Bills. Man, do I really hope that the green and white gangrene Go up to Buffalo and win this game. Get that eighth win. Put themselves in a good position for a playoff spot. I'm praying for it. Can't see it happening, but I think it's going to be a close game. John, any thoughts on this game real quick? I absolutely do. I'm with you 100% here. I think 10 points is a fantastic spread. The ascension of Mike White as the starting quarterback has really uh, invigorated this team even further. The defense has played well pretty much all year. Uh, the team believes in Mike White, I think. I would not be surprised at all if the Jets won this game outright in Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is obviously one of the best teams in the league, but you know they lost to the Jets already once, and I think the Jets are playing with a little bit of mojo here. And I think a, a, a team on the upswing like the Jets, 10 points is just its crazy to have a, a double-digit point spread here. I'll take the, the Jets and the 10 points all day long. Uh, a couple of props here that I like as well. Uh, number one, you mentioned Zonovan Knight, who Bam Knight, who's come in now, last couple of weeks, acquitted himself very well. I understand that Michael Carter might be back this this week. However, uh, Knight's numbers here are still so low on DraftKings. Uh, his combo yardage, you mentioned his rushing yardage, but his combo yardage is only 51 and a half yards. You know, this is a guy we're talking about last week who had 90 yards on the ground, who had 28 more yards receiving. Give me the 51 and a half for Zonovan Knight. No problem at minus 115 on DraftKings. Uh, Another one I got, uh, Mike White. This is just a little bit of a hunch. You know I love the quarterback rushing yards. Mike White over four and a half, four and a half rushing yards at minus 105. He had seven last week. More importantly, he took off three times. So um, I think uh, White easily hits this this week. Uh, maybe if the Bills pass rush uh, gets after him a little bit, it gets flushed out of the pocket. Speaking of quarterback rushing yards, I'll go on the other side and take Josh Allen over 43 and a half rushing yards. He's averaging 48.41 rushing yards uh, a game on the year. Uh, he would have hit this over in four out of, out of his last six. We both know how dangerous Josh Allen is on the ground. So I'll take that as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I know how much you love quarterback rushing yards. And I think it's like a common theme every week that we do this podcast. My concern with both of your uh, quarterback rushing yards is Mike White is like a statue back there. So I know he had seven yards last week and the rushing total is only four and a half. But I have seen week after week some of these similar quarterbacks like, you know, Tom Brady, who's 45 years old, um, you know, some of the other like pocket passers and their rushing totals are like, 0.5 and 1.5 and 2.5 and they basically get nothing on rushing because they just don't want to rush the ball so i'd probably stay away from mike white on the rushing total josh allen you know under normal circumstances and maybe i'm talking from heart rather than head here is yeah 43 and a half rushing yards for josh allen but going up against this jet defensive line defensive front with Quinn and Williams. I'm staying away from like 43 and a half rushing yards for Josh Allen because the Jets front like seven has just been incredible. Whether it's Quinn Williams, whether it's his brother, Quincy Williams, whether it's um, CJ Mosley. I mean, the Jets defensive line between the uh, defensive tackles and defensive ends and the linebackers, they have been stuffing the rush. So I'm going to probably stay away from those two props. Um, But I do like the Bam Knight rushing and receiving over combo 51 and a half. So that's something I'm going to definitely keep my eye on. All right, John, Eagles 
Giants. And I wish we had our buddy Koza on the line right now so we could get some little insight on from him from a Giant perspective. I know I'm going to get a heavy Philadelphia Eagle analysis from my co-host. So, John, give it to me. Give it to me straight. Where do you think the Eagles and Giants game's going this week? Well, well, well. The Eagles coming in at 11-1, and one, uh, traveling all the way up MetLife Stadium to take on those New York Giants in a division rival showdown. Eagles coming in at 11-1, and one, Giants at 7-4-1. and one. Eagles have the best record in the NFL and come into a huge game right here after taking out the uh, Titans last week. The Giants a little bit less impressive, fought to a, a tie against those Washington Commanders in a game that they had every right to win and just didn't want to do it at all. Had the ball on Washington's side of the ball at the end of overtime. Couldn't punch it in. Had to punt it. Uh, and completely frustrating here. But anytime you know, division rivals in the NFC East seem to play, uh, I feel like you have to toss the records out. Yes, I know that is a, a cliche among cliches, but it's true in this instance, especially in a year like this in which the NFC East uh, has turned back into the NFC beast with all of the uh, the success that these teams have had. The Eagles' only loss, of course, came at home a couple of weeks ago to those Washington commanders, and the Eagles did lose uh, to the Giants last year in one of Jalen Hurts' worst games, possibly his, his worst game as a pro uh, against the New York Giants. As a matter of fact, in the first half of that game, Hurts played as bad as I've seen a quarterback play in the NFL Played a little bit better in the second half. Uh, Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins both had big drops in that game to uh, let Jalen Hurts down. So what's going to happen here? Eagles are giving either seven or seven and a half, depending on what you're looking, what site you're looking at between FanDuel, DraftKings, etc. Um, and that, that's actually kind of a large point spread between these two teams here because they're you know they're so evenly uh, uh, matched when it comes to to division rivals. The Eagles have had the better end of the stick. Uh, over the last, you know, eight, nine years or so. But, you know, I personally would not be shocked if if the Giants made this a close game. Uh, a couple of trends here. Eagles are 3-0-1 against the spread in their last four in December. 4-0 against the spread versus a team with a winning record this year, which speaks well of those Philadelphia Eagles. But I got to be honest with you. I just don't have uh, the same kind of feeling that I had last week where the Eagles came out and trounced the Tennessee Titans by 25 points. I don't think that's going to happen this week. I really don't. Uh, I think the bet here is, and I, I'm pretty sure you're going to disagree with me here, is I think you take the Giants. Take the seven and a half points that you get on FanDuel as opposed to the seven on uh, DraftKings. Uh, I think you take the points because, you know, the Eagles, you know, I can see the Eagles winning this game, but like winning like 24 to 20, 23, 17, something like that. But the bet, I think, is you take the Giants, especially when you can get over a touchdown. You know, you can get that seven and a half to, to pad you a little bit. You know, the Giants covered the spread against Dallas in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Uh, I know it was a backdoor cover, but the same kind of thing could happen here. So I think the Eagles do win. Uh, but I think the bet is you take the Giants, you take the seven and a half points. Couple of props here. Listen, you know what? I don't care. I'm not giving up my quarterback rushing yards. But this week, I'm not going Jalen Hurts, which I've loved to do week after week. Instead, I'm going on the other, other side here. Daniel Jones had 71 yards on the ground last week and is averaging 43 and a half uh, yards a game on the ground on the year. His prop on DraftKings, uh, actually DraftKings and FanDuel, is 35 and a half rushing yards, minus 110 on DraftKings, minus 114 on FanDuel. And here's my theory. The Eagles are second in the league in sacks, second in the league. So the pass rush is going to get after Danny Nichols here. Um, we know Daniel Jones will take off. We know that Brian Dable is scheming him to take off. So listen, Jones is going to run in this game. I love him to get the over on 35 and a half rushing yards. Uh, man, that's a double burger with cheese and barbecue sauce. Um, Daniel Jones over 35 and a half. That's my favorite bet of the week so far. Also, Giants rushing defense has not been a strength of theirs this year. They're only 26th in the NFL. 
giving up 141 yards of 140 141.1 yards a game on the ground but in the last three it's even worse they're giving up 164.7 yards a game on the ground so that makes me take a look at the eagles and say hey who you got and of course they got miles sanders who is having a great year and even better he had a down week last week not because of injury just because of the game plan the eagles decided to throw the ball early and often to aj brown so he didn't have a lot of carries miles sanders is Miles Sanders is is Miles Sanders is is Miles Sanders is rushing prop on DraftKings is 65 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. He's averaging 77 yards a game on the ground, even after last week's uh, down performance. So give me Miles Sanders over on 65 and a half uh, rushing yards. I was also taking, I don't like this one as much, but his uh, props for his prop for rushing attempts is 14 and a half at plus 112 on DraftKings. That's the part that I like about it. Positive juice there. He's He is averaging 15.58 uh, attempts on the ground so far this year. So I'll take that one as well. Um, and that's what I've got on this game. I do like the Eagles to win, but this is a division game. I'm not going to predict a blowout. Uh, I think if you're betting this game, you take the seven and a half, not the seven, but the seven and a half uh, points, take the Giants at home, getting over a touchdown. But for props, I'll take Daniel Jones over 35 and a half rushing yards, and I'll take Miles Sanders over on 65 and a half rushing yards and 14 and a half attempts. I thought you were going to go way against me on this one, my man, but I saw you shaking your head. What do you got for me? Yeah, no, I'm totally on board with this. I, you know, the thing that like really um, caught my eye on this game was the line, and I don't think that the line is actually indicative of of how this game is going to go. You know, you have Eagles Giants, you have two NFC East rivals playing against each other, and um, I I think it's going to be a close game. I, I know the Eagles are eleven and one, and God, I wish the Jets had eleven wins like the Eagles do, because they're almost assured of a playoff spot with 11 wins. Uh, locked in, locked and loaded. But I think this is going to be a really close game. And I can't, honestly, I can't tell you where this game is going to go. It could go either way. It could be Eagles win, Giants win. I don't know. Um, but I am not, not at on any cost going to take the Eagles laying seven and a half points against the Giants. I just think it's going to be a close game. It could be a seven-point game. It could be a four-point. It could be a three-point game. So give me the Giants getting the seven and a half points. And honestly, the thing that I really like the best about this game, the over-under is 45. Give me the over. Give me the over of 45 points. I think these teams are going to score some points. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a really close game. I can see a, you know, a 24 uh 23 game where you know you're right there at the number or a 27 24 game where it's 51 points i just don't i don't think it's going to be a, a a low scoring game um but I, I i like the over of the 45 not necessarily going to bet it but if i had to lean somewhere on this game i would go over 45 points and i would probably take the uh uh I feel more confident with the Giants getting seven and a half points. As far as props, I'm with you on Daniel Jones, 30 over 35 and a half rushing yards. That is probably their worst defensive category for the Eagles as far as defense right now. And I'm looking at uh rushing defense for the Eagles, and they are uh, you know, middle of the pack right now, giving up 117. 0.9 rushing yards per game, which puts them about 15, 16, 17 in the league. And with Daniel Jones and the Giants um, creating design plays for him to run, uh, you know, I like the over for Jones, uh, 35 and a half rushing yards, minus 110 on DraftKings. And then as far as the Eagle props that I like, I've stuck with Devontae Smith almost every week as far as receiving yards, and I've hit almost every every week on him being like that outlet since Dallas Goddard has gone down. So I like the uh, Devontae Smith over receiving yardage right now, 56 and a half receiving yards 
over 115 on DraftKings. And Jalen Hurts, I'm not going rushing. I'm not going passing. I'm going combo. Combo with Jalen Hurts right now on DraftKings, 280 and a half rushing and passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I think he's going to mix it up. I think the Eagles um, offensive coordinator and their staff is going to create some some running plays for him, and he's going to pass the ball down the field. May not score a lot of touchdowns, may not like blow the Giants out, which I don't think is going to happen, but 280.5 combo passing and rushing yards with a guy that's like averaging, you know, 40 plus rushing yards. And he's a great passing quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. I love Jalen Hurts' game. He's like top three MVP. So give me Jalen Hurts over combo passing rushing yards over 115 uh, on DraftKings for the Eagles uh, against the Giants. John, any last thoughts on this game? Because I think you and I right now are in lockstep so far on on our on both of our games. Yeah, no, I that's I'm glad you see it the way I do. Uh, and as soon as you started to say it, uh, the combo yards for Jalen Hurts, I absolutely love that. 280 yards. Uh, Hurts is an MVP candidate right now. It's him, Mahomes, Josh Allen. He's doing it with his arm. He's doing it on the ground as well. Uh, you know, he could easily get 280 yards passing alone, leaving the rushing out of it. So I love that one as well. Yeah, and don't be surprised if Mike White gets into that MVP conversation White sanity. Just kidding. White sanity. All right. So second game. Here's what I got. Not a terribly sexy game, as you might, you know, people might look at like this week 14 schedule. But the Seattle Seahawks have been doing something that nobody thought they could do. And that is win a lot of games with Geno Smith as quarterback. This week, they're at home and they're playing the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers fired their coach. Matt Rule, they're on to Wilkes as their assistant, but they've elevated Sam Darnold to their starting quarterback. And with Sam Darnold as their starting quarterback, they've actually won games. They beat Denver. They beat Atlanta last week. The Panthers are actually, in my opinion, not that great of a – I mean, not that great. Not that bad of a team. And I don't think Seattle, even with Geno Smith as quarterback and the way he's been playing – is as good as their record shows. So right now, it is the Panthers getting four points at Seattle over under is 44 and a half. Panthers are four and eight. Seattle is seven and five. This is a big game for Seattle. And it's a very tough stretch coming down the road because next week, they have a matchup on Thursday night against the 49ers who are right now in first place in the NFC West. So huge game for Seattle at home. Can they pull this win off against the Panthers? But it's a team, again, they've won the last two games. Sam Darnold, you know, maybe this is his resurgence. I always had a lot of faith in Sam Darnold. And I'm a little bit surprised that the Jets gave up on him that quickly because he played with Adam Gase, crappy GMs, I don't think he was really given the greatest chance. I think behind a good offensive line and good receivers, Sam Darnold could be a, a serviceable, serviceable, if not great quarterback in this league. Last week against Atlanta, he threw for 232 yards. He threw for 184 at 185 against Denver. Um, I'm sorry, I reversed that. That's not passing yards. You know what that is? That's rushing yards that Carolina had in those last two games. 232 rushing yards in one game, 185 yards rushing in their game against Denver. And Seattle is not great against the run. They're allowing 160 yards rushing in their last three games. We turn to the flip side. Let's look at the rushing game from Seattle. If they had Kenneth Walker III, hey, different story. But they have injuries across the entire running back spectrum there at Seattle. Right now, Who's their starting running back? Tony Jones? I mean, he was a backup scrub running back for Tampa Bay, and he's basically going to be the only healthy running back that Seattle has going into this game against the Panthers. And their defense right now, Panthers defense, you know, t- say what you want about their offense. 
I think they're better with Sam Darnold, but their defense has been really, really good. Brian Burns, defensive end. I mean, come on, give me a break. Five sacks in his last four games, 10 total sacks. I mean, this is going to be a game that I think is going to be really tight. And I love the Panthers in this game. Maybe not to win it, but they're getting four points. I can see this as being a field goal game. Maybe, you know, 21-20, you know, 17-14, 24-21. But I think the Panthers are going to keep it close. You know, surprisingly, and I think this is going to come to a drastic end this week, Geno Smith is about to pass two icons in the NFL, Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. And what stat is that? 60% passing uh, completion percentage and a passing rating of over 80% in his first 12 games of the season. He's tied with Peyton and he's tied with Aaron. If he does it again this week, he will eclipse that and be the first player ever to have a 60% pass completion and 80% passer rating in the first 13 games of the season. But I see it coming to an end this week because I think the Panthers are going to play tough. And with Sam Darnold, who I think the Jets really should have held on to, but you know, listen, I got to go with white sanity and I, I wish Sam Donald the best because I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I see the Panthers keeping this close. So give me the Panthers getting four points against Seattle and two quick props before John gets into a second game. I'm going to go, I'm going to go straight Panthers. I'm going to go straight Sam Donald, Deontay Foreman over 63 and a half rushing yards. Minus 115 on DraftKings. Give that to me all day long, given the fact that Seattle's given up 160 yards rushing in the last three games. And Sam Darnold right now, low passer um, total, 186.5 passing yards. Minus 115 on DraftKings. Give me Sam Darnold to throw over, over 200 passing yards this week. So give me Darnold over passing. Give me Foreman over rushing. Both Carolina props. Those are my picks this week on the Panthers-Seattle game. Seattle might win the game. I think it's going to be close, but I'll take the Panthers and the points and Foreman and Darnold over on rushing and passing. John, thoughts on Panthers-Seattle? If you even looked at this game, I know it's kind of a, you know, an outlier. I, I did a little bit. I, I'm a little surprised that you're so heavy on the Panthers here, but I like the reasoning, and I love the Sam Darnold prop. I absolutely do. Like, what a, what a low number. Um, but – even though I love all of that, I'm going a, a different way for a prop that I had. And you know what? I'm, I'm nothing if not consistent. Okay. So Gino Smith, uh, his prop for rushing yards is 17 and a half rushing yards, which is not a huge number. Obviously he's averaging 20.25 uh, yards a game on the ground. Uh, he would have hit this prop in five out of his last seven games and you talked about Brian Burns uh, with the pass rush. You know, the Panthers, uh, other than Brian Burns, haven't done a whole lot as far as getting sacks, but they do have 25 on the year so far. So, you know, you can env easily envision a situation in which Smith gets uh, flushed out of the pocket and he will take off. You know, this number is below his average. So I like Geno Smith over 17 and a half rushing yards. All right, I think that takes us into my second game of the week. And I actually did not, although we normally do, advise each other of what our second games are. I did not tell you what my second game is. Are you ready for this? You thought your game came out of nowhere. Oh, I am ready. Let's go. I'm taking matchup of the week. Maybe matchup of the season. Your 1-10-1. and one. Houston Texans and the battle of Texas going to Dallas to face those nine and three Dallas Cowboys. I bet you never saw that matchup coming. Terrible. Just <laughs> absolutely terrible. Ab let's let's go. I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know that I could pick a grosser game. The Cowboys who are already awful and everyone who's cool hates them. 
and the Houston Texans, one of the most putrid teams we've seen in low these many years. So why am I taking the Texans Cowboys? Well, I'll tell you, JT, the reason why is because I saw this point spread, which is one of the biggest point spreads of the year. On DraftKings, Dallas is giving 17 points, 1-7, 17 points to Houston. On FanDuel, the Texans are getting 17 and a half points. Why is that, you might ask? Well, number one, Houston's garbage. Their team is horrible. (laughs) They're going nowhere. They're trying to get the number one pick, and they're going to. Number two, the Dallas Cowboys have acquitted themselves very well on the year, uh, winning you know every game except one even when Prescott was out and Cooper Rush had to take over and the Cowboys are on a roll lately uh, two weeks ago destroying the Vikings 40 to 3 and then last week taking out the Colts 54 to 19 holy crap that's why Dallas is giving one of the biggest point spreads of the year 17 or 17 and a half uh, points so what interests me about this game well, I told you the point spread is what caught my eye. And, I, you know, you and I have talked many, many times about the whole double digit thing, right? We never want to give more than double digits unless we really, really believe in the game. Well, here, it's not just double digits. It's three scores, right? It's three scores. And if you get the 17 and a half, you've got two touchdowns and a field goal is what you're talking about. Give me the underdog with this point spread a hundred times out of a hundred. I guarantee you, you will make money if you make those bets. I'm taking the Houston Texans here, getting 17 and a half points. Let me double check that for you. That's on Fandle. Fandle, you get an extra half a point here. Take the Texans. And why is that? Because even though the Texans have been horrible, Parity is the name of the game in the NFL. Houston's point differential on the year is minus 8.25. So at eight and a quarter points is the average by which the Houston Texans lose by. And this is a team that's lost 10 games so far this year. Well, I went back and looked at the point differential in each one of those games. You know how many times the Houston Texans would not have covered this spread this year? Once. Once all year, the Houston Texans, as bad as they've been, once is the number of times they wouldn't have covered this spread. So give me the Houston Texans getting 17 and a half. Well, if the Texans are at least going to keep it within three scores here, I need some offense from this horrible, putrid, terrible Houston team. And I'm going to bet that that offense is going to come from their very best player. That's rookie Damian Pierce out of Florida, the running back. His prop this week on DraftKings is 64 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. Pierce had 74 yards on the ground last week after a couple of down weeks. And even with those down weeks, multiple plural, he's still averaging 71.75 yards a game on the ground. This is one area where the Dallas Cowboys have had a little bit of an Achilles heel here. Uh, They're giving up 129.8 rushing yards a game. That's not insignificant. I think that combined with the fact that I would expect Houston to rely on their best player here, Damian Pierce, really makes me confident in Pierce's 64.5 rushing yards at minus 115. Uh, I'll go for some more Texans. Can't get enough Texans. Uh, Chris Moore, wide receiver with possibly, you know, number one, Brandon Cooks is out. Uh, Nico Collins might be out. Chris Moore's receiving prop is 34 and a half receiving yards, 34 and a half receiving yards. Somebody on the Texans is going to have more than 34 and a half receiving yards. It might as well be Chris Moore. So that's why I'll take that number on FanDuel at minus 114. Moore would have hit this number in three out of his last five. Uh, For you, my friend, I took a look at the kicking props, but I'm staying away. Uh, And the reason why is the one that I liked was Cowboys kicker Brett Maher at over 2.5 PATs. How many times have you bet the PATs? Because I'm like, well, no matter what happens, even if Houston covers like I think they will, and, you know, no matter what, I think that's the bet. I would expect Dallas to still score three touchdowns. 
but there's no point in taking it. The juice is minus 195. So I will rest on my Houston Texans picks this week. Give me Houston getting, getting excuse me, 17 and a half points at Dallas. Give me Damian Pierce over 64 and a half rushing yards. And lastly, give me Chris Moore over 34 and a half receiving yards because the Houston Texans this week are going to shock the world. I don't know about shocking the world and winning this game, but yeah, I am totally in lockstep with you on this game. 17 and a half points with the Dallas Cowboys. I know that they, they blew the Vikings out when they went to Minnesota and they won like 40 to, I don't know, 10, seven, whatever it was, but there is no way there is no way I am laying 17 and a half points in an NFL game. Uh, I don't care who's playing who these guys are NFL players. They are draft picks for these teams. And so 17 and a half points. I'm with you hundred percent. I'll take the 17 and a half points. I think Dallas still wins, but the Texans are not going to get blown out like that. And the prop that I love, love, love in this game, and I am with you 100%, is Pierce over 64 and a half rushing yards. Dallas right now in rushing defense, and I, I, I know you, you know, you put it on here on the pod. They are like middle, lower of the pack as far as rushing defense, and Pierce has been an animal for, uh, for the Texans. So. Yeah, I'm with you with Texans getting 17 and a half points and Pierce over 64 and a half rushing yards. So that's my take on this game. So we have now come to the conclusion, listeners, of our analysis of our games on Sunday. And we head into the last phase, which is our tracks of the week. And But before we get there, Normally, I would give you our college football nuggets, right? But college football regular season is over, and we now head in soon to the bowl the bowl games. But they haven't started yet, but what's still playing right now? Not nationally, but internationally. And that is a tournament that's played oh. every four years. And that is the World Cup. Now, our U.S. national team went out against the Netherlands. Dutch lost today against uh, Argentina. Argentina made it into the semifinals. But my sort of pseudo, I don't want to call it pseudo, but, you know, my heritage nationalities are English and German, mostly English. But the English national team is still playing. The three Lions are playing tomorrow against the blue, the blue, la blue of France tomorrow. And right now, England and France on the money line, England is actually the underdog uh, at plus 105 on DraftKings. So give me the three Lions tomorrow with my man, our favorite amongst my household harry kane to beat the french le bleu tomorrow so give me england plus 105 tomorrow in the world cup quarterfinal against the french at 2 p.m eastern standard time give me england plus 105 that's my world cup which would have been my college football tidbit but uh i'm a big soccer fan my kids are uh, soccer players so let's go england Let's go three Lions plus 105. Now we head into the tracks of the week. John, lead us off, and I will finish finish it up for us. Well, I can certainly do that, my friend. And you will be shocked to learn. Shocked, I tell you, when my pick this week for my track of the week is a tech house track. Yes, it is. It is a track from an artist known as KH, who I'm really not familiar with, but I am familiar with the artist who has remixed this version of the track, which is my track of the week, and that's Mr. Chris Lake. Chris Lake's remix of KH's 
Looking at Your Pager, which is a Tech House track from just earlier this year, is my pick of the week here because I dig it. It's got a very, I don't know, the, there's a vocal sample on it that just uh, reminds me of something. Can't quite put my finger on it. But that's my track of the week for everybody out there. It is KH, Chris Lake's remix of Looking at Your Pager. I think he's just a phenomenal DJ and remixer. I think he's just, he's just, you know, out of this world. Um, and so John track of the week, hands down, top 10, good stuff. So I'm going to go switch gears from last week and the week before from, you know, 138 BPM trance. I'm going with a very down tempo, almost like meditation track and while I'm not into the tropical house and the leader of that is Kygo, a track that I've been listening to over the last week, week and a half, which has just helped me sort of like bring myself into like get unstressed, down tempo house is a new track by Kygo called Freeze. And that is my track of the week. So it's Freeze by Kygo. Uh, very chill uh, house track, you know, some ups, but mostly very like down tempo. That's my track of the week. So Freeze by Kygo is my track of the week. Listen, we broke it down. We've crushed it. We've told you what the Jets are gonna do, what the Eagles are gonna do, what the Panthers are gonna do, what the Texans are gonna do, and all of our props. And so we will see you all, our large audience, next week for week 15 for Wagers Ragers. May your bets be. Sharp. And your caches be bountiful. Out and we will see you all next weekend. Good luck, everybody. Later. Later.